and ready online. Welcome everybody online, Summit Church, Summit Nation. Amen. Guests, praise the Lord. We're going to make the devil real mad today. I can't wait. I love making him mad. And he loves making us mad. But, we, <laughs> but we're going to expose him today so you stop him from making you mad about stuff and getting you in strife. Amen. All right, let's go. Let's make uh, our confession. I am greatly blessed. Oh, hold on. In preparation for this message, I'm, I'm going to flip it a little bit. Um, because what we need to realize in the body of Christ, y'all, is that grace, how many of you know you're, you're highly favored? And God loves you unconditionally, no matter what, okay? That's not just true about you. It's true about the person sitting next to you. Huh? This, grace, this grace message is not just for you. Amen. We need to extend it towards, towards others and understand that God sees them the same way Same way he sees you. So this, where it says I, we're going to say you are. Instead of I am, you are. And if you got somebody close to you, somebody you love, and even if you don't, if you don't love them, this is a good time <laughs> to say this. Because you should. No matter how you may be feeling about them at this time, no matter if you just got in an argument <laughs> on the way to church, or on the way to the uh, kitchen or wherever you are, <laughs> praise the Lord. And uh, thank you, Lord. We're going to expose this enemy today. So got it? So we, let's, let's flip it. Uh, I gave you all time to change it to, uh, on the screen to you are. Did you all change them all yet? <laughs> I'm messing with them. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. You are greatly blessed. Okay, I want you to direct this to somebody. If you don't have anybody next to you uh, or close to you, uh, those of you that are here in person, just, just speak this over the person next to you. Uh, even if it's across the aisle or in back of you or just look at them. If you don't have nobody, put somebody in your mind. Put me in your mind. Just speak it over me. Just speak it over somebody. Ready? Uh, uh, wait a minute! Come on, now. yeah. See, see, see. Look, look at the, look, look at y'all. Y'all trying to do something. All right, I see you. I see you. Okay. All right, they're trying to trying to change the words on the fly. Look at them. They they're getting real good up there. All right, I'm gonna give y'all a gold star. All right, let's go. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by Him. You are the disciple who Jesus loves. You are my father's favorite child. You are the apple of his eye. You are well-pleasing in his sight. Receive the love that the father has for you. Everything you do and touch shall be blessed because you are the beloved. You are loved, righteous, blessed, Prosperous. 
<laughs> okay, I forgot I have my clicker here. All right, here we go. Let's, you know, this didn't even work last week. Come on. Uh, why is this not working? Okay. Oh, my gosh. It's got a mind of its own right now. Okay, here we go. No. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Whoa, whoa. You are loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. You are a child of the Most High God, y'all. You will become all that you were created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just let it do something right now. Y'all agree with me. Uh, Pastor Wilden, uh, Willie Bolden, uh, uh, he, he was attacked in his body, uh, was in a hospital. And I'm saying this because it was made public. So, and they are requesting prayer. And so um, he tested positive for COVID. And while in the hospital, he had a stroke. So, but, but we're, um, we believe in God. And, and they, man, they are fighting the fight of faith. He and, and, and Rhonda are fighting the fight of faith. They're dear friends of ours, and we're standing with them in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just thank you for your healing power that's flowing through Willie's body right now, driving every, out every manner of sickness and every manner of disease right now. We thank you, Lord, for Bishop Bolden's healing. In Jesus' name, we speak life to his body in Jesus' name. Okay, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians two eleven, man. We, we we're gonna dive right into this today, man, because I got a lot I want to share with you today. If so, or excuse me, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. Say, I don't want to be outwitted by Satan. For I am not ignorant of his devices. See, we are not ignorant of his devices. Uh, New King James says, here it says, we're not ignorant of his designs. So we're going to expose him today. We want to expose him because uh, we, uh, today I want to talk to you about standing against the spirit of strife. Standing against the spirit of strife. But what we're going to do to expose we, we, we're going to go back to the origin of strife. The author of strife is the devil. And we're going to go to his origin. And this is going to show us a lot. Because we don't want to fall into his trap. I think Carla mentioned that she about, about preaching my message. I really could just go home right now. But I want to put some scriptures to this. You don't want to be um, a tool of the enemy. You don't want to fall into a, the trap of the enemy. Now, 
when we receive the love that the Father has for us, okay, we will love him back as a reflex reaction, and we're going to love others with the same love, which is unconditional. Okay, but we're all working this out, aren't we? Okay, and I want to show you how, for those of you that have ears to hear, how to avoid these traps. Strife is a trap. And sometimes people fall into it and they don't even realize they're into it. Um, and they, they get into it sometimes because they are listening to so much of what the world says. But we need to understand we're different people. And the unconditional love that the Father has given to us, we need to pass that on to others and love them unconditionally, regardless of who they vote for. And not say mean things about them, diss them, separate yourself, and just do ungodly stuff. Amen. And let me just tell you right, right now, myself included, I'm going to put myself in this. Listen. All of us have the potential to fall into strife. All y'all and me have done it before. Okay? We, we can all be, be tempted to get into strife and division. Amen. And so um, the Spirit of God strongly... Uh, uh, put this on my heart and we're going to start with the origin of Satan. Okay? We're going to talk about some dinosaurs. Like what is in the world does that have to do with strife? I'm going to tell you. Not really, nothing really, but it's just kind of something we're going to share with you along the way. Because there are scientists that say that the earth is millions of years old because they, they find these dinosaur bones that are I think I, I read somewhere where they, they find bones as old as 750 million years old. But yet there's some Christians who say that, according to the Bible, uh, the earth is only 6,000 years old. So, and it disagrees with the science. I, I don't disagree with the science. And um, some, some see the mistake some Christians make is they think that the Bible is a history book. You can't use the Bible as a timeline. The Bible is not a history book. The Bible is his story. <laughs> his story, right? Okay, it's, it's a story really about Jesus. Amen. Jesus said all the scriptures point to me. So what about people who say it's 6,000 years old, Christians? And it seems like it contradicts the science. Actually, the Christians, they, they aren't, the Christians that say that aren't all wrong. But they're not all right either. And I'm going to show you why. Let's go to, let's go to, go, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Um, in the beginning, I want you to look at this carefully. In the beginning... Who? God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? Now watch this. In verse 2, we find that the earth was without form and void. Okay? Now, 
I believe that Satan lived in the dinosaur era. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to show you some scriptures uh, that, see, now, now, the scriptures are sketchy about this, okay? Um, but there's enough scripture that we can piece together and understand that Satan did walk this earth at some time. The question is when? We know he didn't do it. We don't, we don't see him uh, since Adam. I mean, we see him in the form of the, the serpent in the garden. But we don't see him uh, uh, or, or controlling the earth in terms of living here, walking throughout the earth, okay, uh, with his fallen angels. See, a third of the angels fell with Satan. See, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Jesus witnessed Satan's fall. We're going to find out why he fell. We're going to show you proof that he was on the earth. The, the thing I want to point out here is when was he on the earth? And what about those millions of years that uh, scientists say uh, the earth is, is millions of years old? What about that? Well, there's what is called the gap theory, and, and I subscribe to that, that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, a catastrophic event took place. God had to reboot the earth. Because think about it. God would not create an earth without form and void, which means, it, the word void means a worthless waste. So something, that, that indicates that something happened between those two verses. And that's where the millions of years are. That's the time period between 1-1 one, one and 1-2 and in Genesis. That's where your millions of years are. Satan walked the earth after he got booted out of heaven. And he messed the earth up so much that God had to reboot the earth and replenish the earth. So what we see when, you know, when God said, let there be light, why wasn't there light? Because there was darkness because of Satan. And so what we see beginning in Genesis 1-2 is actually a recreation of the earth. All right? Now, some of y'all look at me strange, but let's go, let's go here to uh, Ezekiel. Now, there, there is in the Bible what, what's referred to as the law of double ref reference. Sometimes the Bible is, it looks like it's talking about a man, but then he's also talking about something else at the same time. So the Bible can talk about two things at the same time and go back and forth between one thing and the other thing, and that's what we see here. It says here, you, uh, it says, um, Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord. Now it shifts over talking, really, this is describing Satan. You, you were the signet of perfection. His original name was Lucifer. When he, uh, when he went vogue, uh, vogue. When, he, when he went rogue, that's when his name changed to Satan. 
when God gave him the boot and kicked him out of heaven, remember Jesus said, uh, Luke 10, 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Because, you know what, big homie don't take no stuff. Right? And we're going to find out why he got booted out. And this all ties into to, to strife. Okay? Now, self-righteous people don't want to hear this because they, because they, you can get into pride really easy. And the danger is, is when you're in pride and you don't recognize it. You got everything figured out. All of us can fall into the trap of pride. And I'm telling you, Satan is an expert at it. He's an expert at getting people into strife and pride, and they don't even know they're in it. And their whole life suffers with it, suffers behind it. <laughs> Sometimes they don't even know they're suffering. So, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in, in beauty. See, Satan was one, one time was a good angel. This describes Satan. He was, he was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now watch this. You were in Eden, the garden of God. What? Every precious stone was your covering. We know we, this is not talking about what the snake, the serpent in the garden, he wasn't beautiful. <laughs> huh? Right? He didn't, uh, every precious stone was your covering, sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, uh, um, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle. Is that, is that how we saw him? In, uh, when, he, when he was a serpent and tempted Eve? No. So when was this? When was he in Eden, the garden of God? After he got booted out of heaven and earth was his domain. He got booted out and a third of the angels with him. See, and uh, speaking of, of, of Adam and Eve, I thought I'd tell you something funny. Carla's shaking her head. And see, and this, this is for you guys that, that are complaining about the ladies, the women, your, your wives. Uh, we have Adam to blame. Adam said he was uh, lonely. God said, I got a wife for you. God told Adam, he, said, he asked Adam, what would you like to see in a wife? He said, well, I'd like somebody to bring me breakfast in bed every day. I like my wife to clean the house, wash the dishes, take out the trash, vacuum every day, bring me lunch and dinner every single day, do whatever I ask. And God said, well, that's going to cross your arm and a leg, Adam. <laughs> Adam said, well, what will the rib get me? <laughs> anyway, Satan was in the um, in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, sawdust, topaz, diamond, beryl, 
beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. Satan, at this time, his name was Lucifer. He was a, a beautiful angel. What happened to him? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14. Remember, and jot this scripture down, Luke 10, 18. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I love that. <laughs> I love, he said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, when he started to rise up, God said, you out. Boom, he's gone. Like, you see lightning, you see that lightning is gone. Yeah. I mean, that's how quick. I mean, he, he tried to start a coup. And he deceived like a third of the angels, fell for it. He's very clever. Now, listen, think about this. This happened, this happened in heaven, y'all. Y'all think it can't happen to you? Listen, all of us are subject to this. But some people fall for the okie doke because, see, see we, we don't want to be ignorant of his devices. See, the, the only power that he has is what you give him. He tried to get you in self-effort, get you in the flesh, which is self-effort, getting you operating under the law where you, you are intolerant when it comes to, now you're tolerant concerning yourself and your issues, but you're intolerant concerning everybody else. That's when you're functioning under the law. The law was nailed to the cross. And the Bible says he disarmed principalities and powers. He took the handwriting of ordinances, which was the law, which was contrary to us, which was against us, and nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. What did he disarm them of? The law? The only time that the devil can have an advantage over you is when you, pick, when, when you rearm him with trying to operate under the law by operating in self-effort. Thank you, Lord. This is not one of those messages where people want to get to CD. <laughs> and Satan is very clever. You know, he'll try to get you to fall asleep and go and turn to something else. Well, I, want, I want to know how to get the favor of God on my life. I'm telling you how to get the favor of God on your life. Keep the enemy out. Huh? How you are fallen from heaven O day star, son of dawn, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You have said in your heart, and I understand that why there's not a whole lot of stuff in the Bible about this, because I appreciate God. We don't need to know a whole lot of stuff about what he did. I don't I want to hear about uh, what he did in heaven when he started rebelling. It's, it's just, it's good enough for me to know, hey, he rose up in pride. He got, he got his butt kicked out. I don't need to know anything else. 
I don't need to know the details. <laughs> okay? You cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Wow. But you are, are brought down to hell, to show to the far reaches of the pit. Those who see you. <laughs> now, here's, here's what we need to understand. I love this right here because when, when we get a chance to, when, when God allows us to see Satan, when, when we go to glory and, 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 and he'll give us a glimpse of, of Satan, who the one that was causing all this trouble on earth, it says those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble? He's going to look so weak and feeble because he don't really have any power other than what you give him. We're going to look at him and say, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world, here it is, he made the world like a desert and overthrew its cities, who did not let his prisoners go home. This is when he made the earth a mess between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Got it? Okay, now here's what I want you to see in all of this. See, we're exposing him, and he don't like to be exposed. This is what, th he's an expert in this, in getting people off into pride, which goes right along with self-righteousness. You can point out everybody, self-righteousness is when you, you point out everybody's false but your own. Made the world like a desert, overthrew its cities. That's in what some people call the world that was. And God rebooted the earth. All right. Next time you see him, he's crawling around like a serpent. He hates you because he wants to be you. Thank you, Jesus. Satan... Now, I don't have the scripture reference, but in, in Genesis, it's in, in, excuse me, in Revelation, Satan is called the accuser. He is an accuser. So when you start accusing people, you've fallen into his trap. Let's get into it now. Because we're living in a time right now, and we're living in an unprecedented time. So much stuff going on in the world, and I've never seen... Personally, the church so divided. And um, I, I want to help the congregation that God has given me the privilege of pastoring. I love y'all so much. And this message is out of love. And I, I don't want to see you fall into his trap and begin to separate yourself from people that you love people that love you, people in the body because of 
See, people separate themselves over the election, who they're voting for, separate themselves over the George Floyd situation. I'm talking about believers. I understand why the world gets into strife. But believers, Summit family, listen, I'm going to show you how to stay out of, the, out of strife. COVID, about how to handle COVID. It's just, just, you can get into strife about a lot of different stuff. Satan is the author. He's an accuser. He is the author of confusion. He's about separating people. Division, in other words. Amen? He likes to divide people. People that get along. People that love each other. And, and he'll allow one thing. Why would you let one thing? You agree on so many different things. We, we, we are... are uh, we understand what Jesus did for us in the finished work of the cross. Why would you let who you vote for cause you to separate, like you disagree over one thing and then you're going to diss the person. You're going to stop fellowshipping with them. You're going to cut them off. Because you disagree about something. You disagree about one thing, and you're going to cut them off. Now I'm done. I'm done. Now, listen, is it, does that sound like God? Thank you, Jesus. He, he's, a, he's an author of fear. Gets people afraid. Fear will cause you to do all kind of stuff that is just not even like you to do, and say things and act certain ways. Pride. We just saw. I mean, he he, he full of pride. He hadn't changed. I'm, I, let me t- let me tell y'all something. Um, I'm going to say this again because I don't want, I want, I want to make, make it sound like I'm pointing fingers. All of us can fall into this. All of us have. This is a timely message today. Don't let the election separate, separate you. I know you can't understand why in the world somebody will vote for the person you're not voting for. Okay, you can be as passionate as you want about who you're voting for. You can have signs in your yard. You you groan. You can do whatever you want to do. I want to just encourage you to stay out of strife. Don't don't let it don't be anti the person because they see it different than you. Well, they're just not informed on all the issues. Well, but they're still your brother and sister in Christ. And, and, oh, remember this unconditional love? What is strife? My wife is, is, is rejoicing over this message right now. <laughs> Amen. Because it's quiet. You know, your wife's going to support you. <laughs> yeah. 
Amen. Uh, let's look at, oh, oh let, me, let me give you a definition of strife. A vigorous or bitter conflict. Discord. Antagonism towards someone else or others. It's being in a quarrel or a struggle. A clash with others. It's bitter and violent disagreement, bickering. And you know, you got to look at why does the devil want to separate you from somebody else? Stop and, th stop and think about it. Why? I mean, you're getting along, you're breaking bread, you fellowship. Why, why would they... Why? See, see, the enemy, he's all about division. Y'all are blessing to one another. And he likes to come in and divide. He'll use anything. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 14. I'm, I'm going to stay here until I'm done. I mean, I got, I, got <laughs> I hope y'all pack some snacks. <laughs> and make sure you go on out and vote. If you, I think everybody's already voted. Man, everybody I know on Facebook has voted. I just love, love, love everybody going to like these three voting places, the early voting, because I'm going to go in on election day. I'm going to walk right in. There ain't going to be nobody there because yeah. everybody has voted. And you voted a bit like I, I was like, wait, was I supposed to vote already? Sometimes people get, it's like a, so, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I'm just glad y'all got it out the way. People are like, I stood in line for like seven hours. Yes. I'm like, really? Okay. All right. All right. Mm-mm. Now, I'm either going to look like the smartest person in the room or dumbest person in the room when I walk in there on election day because I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm going to be smart if I'm the only one there. And I can get in and out. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But anyways, um, amen. Glad you voted. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, okay. Proverbs 17, 14. Let's jump into it. Um, the beginning of strife is like the letting out, is like letting out water. So quit. Before the quarrel breaks out. She's like letting out water. You know, water is cool, but water getting out of control. I've seen it. I've seen pipe bust in our house, and thank God we were home. Because if, if, if somebody wasn't home, I happened to be gone, but Carla was there. If, if nobody was there, man, anybody ever had any, any water damage in their basement or, or somewhere? Man, my goodness. It was a trip getting that water out. These water experts come in there with these machines and vacuums and all kind of stuff, get out of control. Strife can be like that. It's out of control. It's out of control. It'll be all over the place. It'll be all over the church. If you don't stop it, it'll be all over the church. And people can, like, you be around people like, all right, I'm, and y'all get all full of it, you know? And like, okay, how come you ain't in strife? 
How come you, how come you not doing what I'm doing? And, 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 and try, try to get you in it. See, 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 just quit before the quarrel breaks out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs 13, 10. By pride comes nothing. So what does pride have to do with strife? Strife comes from it. By pride comes nothing but what? Strife. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Y'all being well-advised today. Pride is, oh man, it's very subtle. I, I, I actually want to do a further teaching on this because uh, it's so subtle and Satan is so good at it that you really, you, you, people get into it and they don't even realize they're into it. And they get, they get into um, this um, arrogant, um, presumptuous, uh, overconfident, it, it's right here. I actually looked it up in, um, let's see, it'll come later, but another scripture. Um, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, listen to this. When you give in to strife, it leads you into separation and division. Strife will lead you to create barriers between yourself and somebody else. And when the, the, the enemy tries to, to use this one thing to separate you, okay, he, he magnifies the difference. When you agree on so many things, when you magnify a difference, you have the potential for division. At all costs, stand against strife in your marriage, your relationships with one another in the body of Christ, with your children, stay out of strife. Don't allow yourself to be offended. Somebody says something you disagree with, you just cut them off, you allow offense come, and it just, that, that offense can be so strong, it's, it's you some, some folks, it's just very difficult to get them back because it says see, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. The Amplified says a brother offended is harder to be won, harder to be won over than a strong city and their contentions separate them like the bars of a castle. It's like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> done. Done with you. That's it. <laughs> bars of a castle. It's over. Strife is a trap. Everybody say strife is a trap. thought I had that scripture. Um, thank you, Lord. 
think it might have been Proverbs 13.10. By pride comes nothing. Let me, let me get to that. We looked at that before. Proverbs 13.10. You can bring that back up again. Y'all getting some out of this? Make sure that this is the one. Yeah. Proverbs 13.10 from the, uses a word in the uh, ESV, by insolence comes nothing but strife. That word insolence, I looked it up. It, it's presumptuous, arrogance, overconfident. See, there's a confidence. God wants us to have confidence, right? He wants us to think highly of ourselves, but not what? More highly than we ought to think. We ought to think highly, but not more highly. And people can get into a mode where, like, there's nobody right but them. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so how to overcome strife. Y'all ready? This is, this is how to do it. It's really simple. Um, I'm a, oh, man, I can't wait to get to this. But, okay, how to overcome strife. Galatians 5.24. Uh, 5, First of all, crucify the, the flesh. In other words, crucify self-effort. Don't give in to it. Getting in the flesh is getting into self-effort. Did the Lord lead you to get into this conflict and get into this disagreement? Did, 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 did the Lord lead you to do it? Say the things that you said. Or is it self-effort? See, so, sometimes people looking for Satan, I, I expose him because... Um, we know people be talking about stuff like the devil busy and all this kind of stuff, but he's not walking around with a pitchfork and a pointy tail and dressed in red. And we're supposed to resist the devil. We're supposed to cast him out. We're supposed to walk on him. But, but, but we need to know how to, how to expose this dude. We're exposing him today. He don't like this kind of stuff because we're exposing him. That's why we brought up pride, because he's a master at that. And see, but, but we're cutting him off right here. We're not, we're not, we're not Summer Church, we're not, we're not going to let him in. Huh? So, crucify the flesh. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his, with his passions and desires. Number two, recognize who the real enemy is. It's Satan. It's not people. Who's behind trying to separate you from your brothers and sisters in Christ? It's the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness, uh, 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 against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's not people.
Ephesians 5, 2. How do you overcome the spirit of strife? Crucify the flesh. Recognize who your enemy is. Number three, operate in love. Walk in love as Christ loved us. This same unconditional love that has been extended towards you, pass it on to somebody else. Give people a break. Well, they were wrong. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have said that. Well, give people a break. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Okay, Romans 12, 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And it's our nature to do this. Are you stupid if you vote for so-and-so? What? What? See, that, that gets personal. Love one another. It's unconditional. And Brother George was talking about, he, he don't hear this much in church. Um, but see, you know, we, we um, he said he's never heard it. People talk about this in church. But I live it every day. And, uh, and, and, and you don't hear it a lot. And we talk about it. You know, we got stuff going on almost every day, right? We got confessions, and uh, I share things with Bible study, and I, I, sh I share this in Bible share this in Bible study. A lot of people don't even know why we should pray for those in authority. Why should you pray for President Trump? Some people have done more complaining about the president than praying. So. You don't have to like somebody. We are instructed to pray for, for kings, and, and, and that, in our case, uh, presidents, and all who are in authority. A lot of people don't even know why. That we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. A lot of people don't even realize what's number one on God's agenda. may not be on your agenda, but... His agenda is that we pray for all who are in authority that we may, may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires, here it is, all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. That's why... No matter what happens, no matter who is in office, I pray for President Trump right now. If Biden get elected, I'll be praying for him daily by name. It, it, it doesn't, I'm, I'm not getting into politics here. We have a responsibility to pray for those in thought. I pray, I pray, every day I pray for a president, uh, 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 governor, senator, vice president, governor, senator, congressman, 
mayors, mayor of Fort Wayne, city councilmen, representatives in the house, military officials, government, government officials, school teachers, school administrators, police officers, firefighters, and all who are in authority that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. He didn't say nothing about Facebook. He said, pray. Y'all let yourself get so angry about stuff, Lord Jesus. Why do you let stuff steal your peace? You close your Bible in the morning, jump on Facebook, and, and, and worry yourself. Connie Whitter says, I'm preaching good. Thank you, Connie. And let me tell you something else. You can't let somebody bully you, like, like people like harassing you on Facebook. But you allow that. All you do is put your finger in your pocket. That solves that. Put your finger in your pocket. Going back to praying. It's going to lead us to, uh, Lord Jesus, um, what's next? Come on now. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The body of Christ has the answer. Just you know, racial things, trying to divide us. Some don't, don't let it do it. Don't, don't let the enemy do that to us. Man, we, we, got, we got beautiful fellowship with, with white folks, black folks, Hispanic here at Summit. It's not a black church. It, it, I mean, it, it breaks my heart how the enemy separates. Thank you, Jesus. Another way to stand against the spirit of strife is to humble yourself. The Bible has, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about, about pride. It says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with what? He said, clothe yourself with it. With what? Can y'all see that? The word's too small. Clothe yourself with what? Humility toward one another for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Man, there's more grace. Clothe yourself with humility. None of us know everything. And give people a break. All of us said stupid stuff. I'm not going to cut you off because you say something I don't agree with or you do something I don't agree with. I'm not cutting you off. I mean, I'm not going to barge into your house. I'm not going to force myself on you, but it, it's not me, and I'm not, I'm not cutting you off. You can cut me off if you want. 
but I'm not cutting you off. All right, how to stand against the spirit of strife. Cast all your care on the Lord. Somebody says something off to you, just give it to the Lord. Don't take it personal. Recognize who the enemy is. Casting all your first Peter, the next verse. Humble, humble yourself, therefore, or verse 7 actually, but let me read this one. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God at, at the proper time. He may exalt you. Guess what? Nobody's going to take advantage of you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Last one. Freely you have received grace, so give it to somebody else. Pass it on. This grace is not just for you. It's for your brothers and sisters. In Christ, it's for others. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. See, Jesus taught a conditional forgiveness in because he was operating, because some, some, sometimes people get this mixed up, when, when Jesus taught, like when you stand praying, forgive, so your heavenly Father will forgive you, and if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. He was teaching under the law. Because when Jesus walked the earth, he, he was under the law, he, he, and he was basically uh, giving them the law. However, we're not under the law. Now, we don't, we don't con forgiveness is not conditional. It's, it's not based on us forgiving others. Jesus forgave us unconditionally. That's new covenant forgiveness. And what we're to do is pass that on to others. See, and, and we, don't, we don't forgive because, because they repented. We forgive as God in Christ forgave you. How did he forgive you? Unconditionally. So we pass that on to others. Come on, somebody. Now, this will help you when you get accused. And I got this from my, from my brother, brother Jeremiah Johnson. It was so, so good, I, I just thought I'd, I'd share it. I'm going to mention his name now. Next time I preach it, I'm going to call it my own. <laughs> Jeremiah, good brother, he said, when we receive this abundant grace, we will be able to pass it on to others effortlessly. See, freely you receive, that last point, freely you receive, freely give. Watch this. Watch, this is so good. Don't fall into the trap of trying to justify yourself to your accusers. Weighing out, see, you can even get into pride trying to defend yourself. Watch this. He says, waiting, or, excuse me, weighing out your actions in the balances of someone else's accusation is a painful and self-absorbed process. The only fruit self-justification yields is pride and argument. I'm going to read that again. Weighing out your actions in the balances of someone else's accusation is a painful 
and self-absorbed process because you start looking inward. You start trying to justify yourself to your accusers. But you got to realize God has your back. Watch this. The, the only fruit self-justification yields is pride and argument. You get into pride. No, they're wrong. I'm right. They shouldn't behave that way because I, I, I. See, you can get into pride in trying to defend yourself. Apologize when necessary. Be accountable for your actions. But your identity is never on trial. Your identity is safely in the Son of God. When the accuser comes, let Jesus handle him or her. There is no accusation greater than the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive your love for us. And we purpose to pass on this unconditional love to others. Freely we receive, freely give. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to make him Lord today.